All right. Uh, what's up, everybody? This is Will at ScheduleFly, and I am uh, here in Charleston, South Carolina at Prohibition. I'm with Ray Burns, owner, and Alessa uh, Pavlovsky, who is events manager and just wears a ton of hats here. And uh, we're hanging out. Uh, Ray's got two locations of Prohibition here in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, y'all have a great reputation. All the folks I spoke to last night and today have said wonderful things about prohibition. So I know you already probably know that, but, uh, Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah, that. wonderful to hear that. Uh, so Ray, uh, let's get started with you, man. How, how did you get started in hospitality initially? What's your background? Uh, after you just told me you were a sound engineer, <laughs> as I'm trying to get my, you know, my te- the technical piece of this worked out. Well, uh, my story in a, in a nutshell is uh, I came to New York in 98. Uh, I came as a musician, DJ, um, and then quickly realized that I needed a job to uh, pay my bills. <laughs> Being a musician in New York is, is not as easy as it seemed. But uh, I, I always worked in bars back home in Ireland, uh, where I'm from originally. And I fell into the, the, the bar scene in, uh, in Greenwich Village in the 90s. And just loved it. I worked in a bar called the Red Lion, where I met my business partner James, um, and my other business partner Jim McCourt. So we all met in New York in the '90s, and um, ended up I opened my own uh, my own club up there in the Lower East Side, and opened another Irish bar in the Lower East Side, and then ultimately we opened in in Charleston five years ago. Uh, we just opened our second location in Savannah uh, two years ago, a year and a half ago. So. Yeah, I was always, always worked in the bar scene, re, uh, the restaurant scene, um, and uh, happy to be here in Charleston. Do you still have your places in New York? No, it's New York's just become so so, so gentrified now. It's we were in the Lower East Side, and we we had a we were so lucky to have a one-story building, mm. which is unheard of. Yeah, uh, in that part of the, uh, the city, and a developer came in and it's right beside Cat's Deli actually, and bought the whole block and knocked it down, and now it's. I think it's like an Equinox Fitness Center. Oh, goodness. Luxury apartments. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we moved down here. F- I moved down here two years ago. I was traveling back and forward from New York uh, for, for about four years. So I moved down here full time two summers ago. How'd you land on Charleston? Well, my business partner, James, uh, he, he'd been down here scouting, uh, seeing what was going on. And he was initially supposed to move down here. I think five or six years ago, just as it was starting to happen. Sorry, it would have been longer than that. It would have been eight, eight years ago, just as it was really starting to, to, to kind of to gain some traction. And another opportunity came up like five years ago, and he just jumped at it. So, um, yeah, it was it was $12 a square foot as opposed to $80 a square foot in New York. Um, it's, it's a lot cheaper to do business down here, so... And the weather's beautiful. And, and the, the weather's people are beautiful, great. <laughs> and the people are great, and the city's just amazing. And, I mean, you're in a great location, too. You're on King Street, for those of you that don't know Charleston. I mean, that's, that's sort of like the main, yeah, main road here. It's pretty happening. There's a lot, lot, of, lot of really fun stuff, and a lot of really very talented people down here now as well, uh, especially in the, in the restaurant business. The culinary scene here has really exploded, the cocktail scene. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's been a bit of a challenge, but it's, it's, it's a great city to do business in. And how did you how did you find Alexa? Well, we we have a pretty big space, uh, and we just developed our outdoor area, um, and we realized quickly we needed a an events manager, um, somebody to, to really grab the bull by the horns and, and manage um, 
just managed all the inquiries that were coming in and, and then it just snowballed once we got Alexa on board. She, she really grew that part of the business and she's been a great asset and a great friend. Um, working with her has been, uh, has been awesome. We've learned a lot from her and she's really integrated well with, uh, with our team and become a, an integral part of it. Um, and now she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's running the show pretty much now. <laughs> yeah, I know she does a lot of stuff. Let's hand the mic over to her and, uh, all right, Alexa. So that's a nice. That's a nice. That's uh, very nice. Intro. Thank you. Yeah. What? What? How did you get into hospitality, and wh- what's your backstory? Um, I grew up in New Jersey, and I started working in a restaurant at 15, and loved it, and realized that seeing my parents work nine to fives and having two weeks off a year, and you know, the weekends, I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, I, I want to, you know, I want to work really hard. I want to be able to travel, and like the restaurant industry kind of opens you up to do that. You can kind of work anywhere um, having that skill. Um, So I actually got my undergrad in business and hospitality and tourism management. Um, That eventually took me out to Hawaii. Um, So I was working and living out in Hawaii, continued my education out there a little bit too. Um, Just really fell more in love with the industry. That eventually got me to San Francisco um, where I opened three restaurants and bars out there, got schedule fly out there. Oh, Um, did you really? Yeah, uh, at all three of those places. And um, yeah, and was out there for about six years running restaurants and bars and just going up in management there. Um, and then eventually I just really wanted to get out of San Francisco. And Why so, is that? Uh, expensive. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. is expensive. Isn't really it? expensive city to live in. And I just feel like I kind of stretched my wings there. Um, really studied wine out there and kind of just plateaued a little bit. So I kind of wanted to go somewhere else and also get to warmer weather. So... Uh, kind of like looked around the map a little bit and never been here before and just drove across the country, landed here and Prohibition was actually the first bar I had a drink in in Charleston ever. Really? And I think I started working here about four days later. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. How uh, many, when was that? Um, about almost two years ago now. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, t- actually, um, why t- you tell us about Prohibition. Do folks that are listening to this, like what's, what's the story of Prohibition? What do you... What, it's a really interesting spot. I remember the first time I walked in here, not, it was the first time ever walking down downtown Charleston. Like, I, I live only a couple blocks from here, and it kind of was the first bar that grabbed my eye. Uh, just, like, it looked really crowded. I saw, like, the back bar, and it was just filled with whiskey, which that's, that's my drink of choice. So I was like, okay. So I walked in. It had great. It had some music playing, like live music. Um, sat down right away at the bar and was greeted with this, like, this nicest person ever and we're just like we just moved here and you know he was like oh okay like here here like has a drink like do you want to do a shot like welcome to the welcome to charleston and i was like oh thank you and it was just so welcoming and then um i walked through the venue more and found out that we actually had another bar that was filled and crowded and like really nice people out there and i walked through again and see this huge patio and i'm like wow this place is amazing and then i continued to walk down the street and visited more restaurants and bars and I wasn't treated at all as well as I was treated here. So it kind of made me want to work here right away. And um, I actually saw a posting on Indeed for an event coordinator the next day and came in and got an interview and started working here. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So yeah. the way, so that's an important part of this. I want to ask it, pass that back over to Ray. Cause that, so she had this experience of coming in here and the way she was treated versus, you know, how she was treated elsewhere. Um, has that been a big part of what you've tried to do is 
the experience your customers have. I mean, you've got great product, you've got a great ambience, um, but is, is that been a big part of the success of this business is the team you have and the way they interact with customers and the experience they give them? Yeah, I think, I mean, ultimately that's, that's, that's what we're trying to give people here is a, is a good time, right? Yeah. A good experience. Um, whether that experience be great food, great cocktails, it has to be about great service as well, you know. Um, my background, all of our backgrounds are in the bar business. And in the bar business, you really have to, you have to work hard at, at, at keeping customers happy. Yeah. You know, and, and, and keeping a good vibe back there, you know, whether it's a dive bar or whether it's, whether it's a bar at a, at a fine dining restaurant, you're, you're there to entertain people. Um, so I think service ultimately is, is, is what we thrive to excel in. I mean, obviously, as I said before, the cocktails and, and, the, and the food are, are paramount, but services is the ultimate, you know? So yeah, we, we, we thrive to, to, to deliver great quality. Do you, can you train that or is that something that has to be inherent? I mean, do you hire to folks that maybe don't have experience but have a, a natural inclination to want to take care of people or? Yeah, that's a good question, that. actually. I think um, myself and Alexa, we have, a, we, we, we have a great dynamic when it comes to interviewing people. It'll be like a, a good cop, bad cop routine, you know, yeah. and it's, for doing this for over 20 years now, I, I, as soon as somebody walks in through the door, I can nearly tell whether they're, they're going to, f- they're going to be a good fit or not. Really? You know, from when they first sit down, you can just, you can tell how they, they handle themselves, how they look at you, their body language, uh, their energy. Yeah. You can tell a lot from that, you know, because um, everybody can spin a story. Yeah, sure. Right. But you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of it can be, you can train people, you know, it's, it's not rocket science, yeah. but you, you have to have that initial want to, uh, to be part of something that's, that's pretty cool. You know, if, if you're, if, if you're coming in with a, with an attitude, it's not really going to work. Right. You know? so. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are some of the things about the bar business that you think people may, you know, it, it sounds like it's a sexy thing. You're in a bar, you're in this you know, cool whiskey bar. I mean, it just sounds awesome and it's really appealing to a lot of people what are the things that most people don't understand about the the hard side of the business i mean it's it's not for the faint-hearted yeah. <laughs> you know it's 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 a tough business because there's a lot of competition uh, and there's a lot of really great competition yeah. um especially uh is that good though does that motivate you and keep you oh yeah i mean we're not one to let the rest on our laurels here you know we we, we always have to be thriving to be, be better you yeah. know um, we're always rebuilding we're always putting money back into the business we're always developing our, our menus and our cocktail programs and our bartenders and staff so you you have to really work hard um, you can't sit back and and just let the money roll in because it just rolls back out the door again you know it's like I think, I think people don't realize as well how expensive it is to run a business you yeah. know from certain expenses that people don't even think about you know from what's an example of that well payroll yeah you know um your taxes i mean it's especially in charleston it's like uh you pay a liquor better drink tax you pay a hospitality tax you pay your business license it adds up it is astronomical compared to any other um city or state that i've worked in okay um so there's there's, there's your insurance i mean there's so many there's so many different um different parts and especially with with what we have here at Prohibition, you know, we've live music, we turn into a club, we do um, casual fine dining, we've got the best 
um, Irish whiskey selection in the south. We've an amazing bourbon selection. So staying on top of all that, uh, it gets it gets pretty expensive. Yeah. So, okay. But yeah. ultimately fun. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you love it. I know, and I, can, I know you work really hard at it as well. You say you opened the second location a couple years ago in Savannah. Yeah, we opened uh, we opened Savannah uh, like a year and a half ago. I think it was October. Yeah, October seventeen. Okay. Yeah. How's it going? So it's going good. Yeah, it's um, it's a different burn in, in Charleston, Charleston and Savannah. People say they're sister cities. I, I would disagree with that. Okay. Uh, I think they've got their own personalities. Uh, Savannah's a great town. I, I really love it, but it's a, it's very unique. It's a lot more gritty. Uh, and what's interesting about Savannah is the the restaurant scene down there is is really starting to blossom. You know, you have restaurants down there like the Gray. Yeah, uh, place which, is phenomenal which is, is, is great. Yeah. Um, we've become good friends with the guys down there, um, which we're right beside them, actually. You know, we're, we're on the same block. Okay. Uh, so the restaurant scene and the, the culinary scene down there is, is starting to be a lot more elevated. I see... Um, Restaurants from New York coming down. I see the Fat Radish is about to, to open down there beside us. So it's it's a burgeoning scene, whereas Charleston's more, it's already, it's already blossomed, you know? Yeah. Um, and as, and there's, a, there's a different clientele down there as well. What do you mean by more gritty? It's, it's, it reminds me of New York. Okay. In the late 90s, you know, where it's still got a bit of an edge to it. Okay. You All know, right. it's, it's, it's a little bit more raw. Yeah. That's a good thing. It's great, yeah. yeah. Especially living in New York, twenty years, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I go down there, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit more relaxed, a bit more chilled out, but, but, but a bit grittier. So, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Alexa, uh, tell me about some of the things that, uh, like, some of the events that you've done and, and have planned that have been big successes here. Um, so, coming from San Francisco and being the event coordinator there, it was all about um, dealing with tech companies and a lot of uh, corporate events. Um, so, then coming here, uh, I realized that I think it's about, we're about 85%, I just looked, of um, more personal events, um, one time events, you know, wedding receptions, what, uh, rehearsal dinners, actual weddings, um, and about like only about. 15% would be um, corporate. So okay. it's a whole different ball game here than it was yeah. there. So we're, I'm dealing with um, people who have never planned an event before. So it's, 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 a, lot, a, it's a lot different. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a really great space for rehearsal dinners and receptions. And that's usually what most of our um, event business is here now. Um, our patio can host about 60 people for a seated dinner and we can accommodate about 120 outside just for a standing reception. We have like our own bar out there. Um, they can design their own cocktail list if they want. Um, we, uh, <laughs> we, we got some background visitors. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it's just a great spot. Um, luckily like all the furniture and everything, we, we designed the room per the event, um, which is really unique. Um, it's also really nice for them because since we are a restaurant, we have all of the, um, all the chairs, all the tables, all the service. So it's really easy for you to come plan an event here because you tell us what you want and we'll just make it happen. You make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, You don't have to worry about renting or anything like that. Okay. So I got it. Then there's a lot of detail planning that goes into this there is a whole lot clearly yeah but you just told me you spent three months in australia i did yeah and and planned remotely remotely. yeah (laughs) did you feel confident this was gonna gonna work and how how did you uh, 
how did this happen? What, how do you go and say, can I take three months in Australia, and I, but I can still plan all the events? Uh, well, Alexa um, invited me out for a pint, and she says, uh, I need to talk to you about something. I was like, oh, God, here we go. Right. <laughs> and she's like, I got some good news and bad news. Uh, the bad news was she was leaving us for a couple of months, but the good news was she was coming back. So we just figured out a way. As I said before, Alexa's a, a very important part of our team, and uh, we would want to work with her in any capacity, you know. So um, we're all pretty tech savvy, and we, we figured out a way to, to make it happen. 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 miles across the world. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's incredible. <laughs> But uh, and especially during the uh, the holiday period as well, so that, that was interesting. But I'll I'll give it over to Alex here. Yeah, it was a, a lot of waking up at three a.m. to answer emails and <laughs> make sure everything was still running smooth. But I mean, that just you've got to have a, a team that you really trust too, because that's not correct, being yeah. I would imagine you're probably heavily involved in the actual. Yeah, I'm I'm at on site and keeping I, an eye on things. And I'm at almost everyone. Yeah. That, are here but unfortunately for those three months I couldn't so I did have to rely a lot on the staff and they really picked up and I'm really gracious for that because that's my livelihood you know so yeah they were they were great yeah so it's just a little bit of extra communication on my end and then just like making sure you have verbatim what needs to happen and yeah. getting it all written down yeah the banquet orders and contracts and all of that and just yeah just Jer- communication <laughs> During the events, we had somebody stop with an iPod and FaceTimed her just to make. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, you must have. I mean, you must have a long. You know, you obviously have a lot of trust in Alexa, and I'm imagining you're probably, from what I'm hearing, you probably have a long tenured staff by and large. I mean, is your turnover pretty low? Or I think our our turnover has been really. It's been it's been a lot lower um, over the last two years. Things have really settled down, but yeah. it's the nature of the business. You know, it's. Yeah. It's a transient um, industry that we that we work in. You know, people come and go all the time, and but we do our best to, to make sure that the, the people we really value, and we we value everybody. You know, but yeah. if, if you if you really want to step up your game and, and 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 come up the bat for us, we'll, we'll make sure you're taken care of, whether it's health benefits or or making sure you're paid appropriately. But we we always we always value our, our employees. You know, um, but yeah, but the turnovers dropped a lot over the last couple of years yeah but obviously with a new business like savannah uh we've seen a, a lot of turnover you know yeah talk about getting drive. into a new market i mean did you know folks in the market down there before you went or i mean i know you obviously did a lot of due diligence and research but did you have a a good network of of acquaintances or colleagues or friends down there it was we we kind of stepped out of our comfort zone a little um we're all from from ireland but ultimately lived in new york for for 20 years I can go to New York and walk into any bar and I'll know the bartender, you know. Okay, so yeah. we, we didn't have that kind of support network in Savannah. Um, so it's 100 miles from Charleston. So, Oh, is it that far? I didn't realize it was that far. It is, yeah. It's like a two-hour drive. Yeah, okay. Well, an hour and 53 minutes. <laughs> 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 drive it a lot. Um, but we didn't. We, 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 we stepped out of our comfort zone a little. Yeah. Uh, plus the build-out took us like two and a half years. Really? Yeah. Took a, took a long time to build it. Is up. that because it's an old building and there's a lot of permitting? Well, it, was, or? it was the space was the space we took over was a real disaster. Okay. Um, it was a brand new space, but we wanted to make it unique. Yeah. You know, like the space here, you walk into it, you, you can you know it's probation. It's you can see the the love and effort that's going into building it, and we we doubled down on that uh, with Savannah. I mean, we we shipped wood down from Chicago that was that used to house an old speakeasy. 
we shipped down uh, a lot of stuff from from Brooklyn, um, reclaimed wood from all over the all over the country. So it it took a long time, long yeah. long time to build. And 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 funny enough, Savannah, the 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 atmosphere and the environment in Savannah changed within that two and a half years because more and more restaurants were starting to open up. So it's we opened at a good time, but it was it was out of our comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. But you're glad you're there, and uh, are do you can plan to continue growing the brand yeah always always looking to continue you know watch the space we've got it we got a few few things on the go at the minute um but uh yeah always looking to grow always looking to grow grow the the concept or or grow the the business other concepts you're you're i think i mean i think we're, we've we've got such a great team here yeah um and a very creative team there's yeah. there's always opportunity out there for maybe um branching out to, to creating our own um, spirits which is something that i've been looking into very yeah. heavily okay um and the restaurant business is in our blood you know so there's opportunities come our way all the time and we, we we take every every single one of those seriously and we look at them um legitimately so there's there's a few things i'm looking at right now but okay gotcha i'll, I'll let you know on the next podcast yeah yeah sure <laughs> sure i'll be interested in finding out more um do, do you collaborate do you all collaborate with a lot of the other restaurants here i mean is there a is there a rising tide lifts all boats mentality in Charleston or is it just a highly competitive space and you've kind of, kind of, you know, go at it on your own? I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, you see that sometimes with beer and spirits and things, you know, companies doing things together. I see yeah, that in other markets, particularly with, I guess a lot of that's with craft beer, but, um, I don't know as much about yeah, I mean, with the big, there's a big food and wine festival happening that a lot of the local restaurants and bars are participating in. So that always brings us together a little bit more as a community. We're we're always like we're all going to be in the same spot together for the whole week. So yeah, that's really nice. And then just on King Street alone, where we're located, there's so many bars and restaurants. And obviously, the people who work in the bars and restaurants are going to be the ones frequently frequently going to the other ones other so ones, yeah yeah so we all have like just kind of that like you know the little bartender handshake i guess um for sure yeah, yeah. i don't think there's any animosity between any bar there's no like there's nothing like that here in the city i know other cities are are more like that but there, it's definitely not like this here um yeah but i think we all kind of like work together and like everyone takes care of one another southern hospitality is yeah. really nice yeah 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 mm-hmm. absolutely um tell me about social media and do you manage that for the business? Or? I don't. We actually have an outside marketing media you company do. okay. who does our social media. Has that been a big yeah. part of your success or is it something you invest a lot in? The social media has, has been, um, we have, it's, it's something we haven't, I don't know, haven't quite nailed down or, or kind of figured out how to do it. Like, correctly it's 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 a lot of work it's more work than you think yep. it's you have to get this target market um we we're kind of on the cusp we're kind of always back and forth between us doing it ourselves and then hiring a company and then hiring getting professional photos done or do the, we want something a little bit more raw um but it's it's so hard to tell what what brings the people in with social media um there's so many different parts, I mean, there's so many different parts to it as well there's yep the reviews, there's content creation, and it's quality content yep. as well. I mean, you, you got to pay a thousand dollars for a photographer to come in and take a couple of good shots for you. It, it can get really expensive. Yeah, you know, but it's it's constantly changing and evolving. And then you've got Facebook changing its algorithms, yeah. which can really mess stuff up as well. So you, it's it, yeah, it changes a lot. 
it's a tricky thing i can tell y'all yeah yeah it's it's hard to it's hard to figure i just ask that because i just see so much of that now with so many of these restaurants that are i mean some of them are investing they must be investing just thousands and thousands of dollars of of time and energy and and uh creating these followings and um, right but there's so much noise you know it's 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 not just the bars and restaurants that are doing it it's every brand in the world is doing it so you you go on instagram and you're just getting blasted nonstop by brands and and a lot of these brands are pumping millions and millions of dollars into uh their brand identity you know and that's that's something you got to compete with. So it, it makes it very challenging, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's something we, we look at a lot, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What is that, I mean, are, so you're in, a, you're in such a, I mean, particularly in this part of town, this is a heavily trafficked tourist part of town, but I would imagine perhaps in the nice months, well, I know Charleston has people touring all, all year round, but I would imagine in nice months you have a lot of folks here, but you're, you've got to build this business on regular repeat customers, right? loyal repeat customers that are in frequently yeah i mean it's the same as any business or you got to have your 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 return customers you know whether it's uh, a businessman who flies to charleston three times a year to the people who come in here every day or come in every week you know it's you you have to you have to value that recognize it and, and and make sure that you're providing that service and 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 providing the the, the quality of food and, and cocktails that, that bring people back. So, yeah. you, you, I mean, you can't, it's not, it's not that transient. You know, you have to, you have to really have your base, yeah. you know, of your locals. So, uh, tell me about the, the menu and how that changes and evolves over time. I mean, you have core items, both on your, your drink and food menu. And then what are you doing to constantly just keep that fresh? And well, we have, um, Jim McCourt uh, is in charge of our uh, cocktail program. He's one of the most talented bartenders. Um, I'm not going to say mixologist, but he's a very, very creative guy. Um, a, a palate like no other. I mean, this this guy can he, he nails it, and he's he's constantly changing, evolving, and uh, experimenting. Um, whether it's barley, it's cocktails, or different infusions, or um, he. As I said before, he doesn't rest on his laurels. He, he keeps it interesting. And the same can be said for our chef, you know, Craig Garrison. Uh, we, we brought him down here uh, from uh, Les Palier, uh four years ago. And Les Palier, is that? Up in Boston. Boston? Yeah, okay. Yep. And, I mean, he, he really elevated our, uh, our food program. Um, super creative um, and very interesting uh, chef. Um, He's always always pushing the boundaries, you know, but he, he he does it in a way where it's still accessible. Yeah, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, as I said before, you we, we you just got to keep it as as interesting as possible. But you can't push the board out too far uh, with certain uh, food items. You yeah. know, you still the south is the south is known for its shrimp and grits and its right. You know, so you still gotta you still gotta you gotta you gotta keep in there with that. So. But yeah. we, we keep it interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Anything else on your mind? Um, what are you spending most of your time on these days, right? <laughs> <laughs> a thousand things? But a thousand things. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, the, thing about, the thing about owning a restaurant is you, you have to wear so many hats. You know, yeah. it's like last week I was ripping apart uh, the, the PAs, the sign system, you know, and making sure that it was up and running properly. And then the next week I'm dealing with, a staff issue or I'm 
dealing with taxes or I'm dealing with paperwork or there's there's, there's so many hats to wear you know um, I still like to manage so I'm in here managing uh, brunch still in cleaning toilets and un- unblocking toilets and I mean it's it's not a glamorous life <laughs> but it's a it's a life that I enjoy very much you can't be working for yourself uh, the challenges that, that arise are different every day yeah and that's what that's a really that's what that's really appeals to me that um, I wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm what have I got to do today yeah you know so I love it and I love this place I love the staff I love the people who work here I love the people who who, uh, who come in and, and check us out and uh, yeah long live probation I hear you man I want to ask about that I, I, I figured you were going to say some of those things because I can tell the kind of um, the kind of guy you are um, I would imagine that somebody like so you're talking about still cleaning the toilets and, and doing things like that. <clears throat> so you've not removed yourself from, you know, you work on the business I know and you work in the business. I, I want to ask you, Alexa, tell me about working for Ray and what that's like. Because I, I listen to that and I see a guy who that inspires me. That sounds like somebody who leads by example versus, you know, telling people what to do. He's he's still doing a lot of these things. Is is. Talk yeah, to, no. Tell me about what it's like to work for him. I mean, I can tell you're really happy <laughs> here, and you, and clearly you're, you're working out ways to go across the world for three <laughs> months and still be back here. So there's something meaningful and a connection here for working for this man, I would imagine. No, it, it's great seeing him here, um, seeing all the owners here, actually, and really pulling their weight. Um, I've worked at so many other places, you know, manage other places where I can go weeks and months without seeing the manager or the owners ever, and these guys are just here all the time they're always answering any questions that i ever have um just like if something uh, today i walked into the door and was just like this needs to be done and he was on the phone before i even finished the sentence and he just like got the issue resolved you know like where other times if i need to get an owner to get an approval for something it might take me three phone calls a couple emails some text and maybe it'll get done but it's not like that here which is such a dream to be able to work for these guys um coming in i think i was a little intimidated just coming to work for three irish guys <laughs> you know who have been together yeah, for yeah. since the 90s and then sure. you know trying to come in and like you know bring in some of my opinions and stuff but they they listen to me and like the whole thing with going in for the events like they're just like yeah just do whatever you like do what you think is right which is amazing because i don't feel like micromanaged at all and they trust me enough where trust me enough to leave for three months and <laughs> which is awesome and you know have my job waiting for me when i come back which is just a dream um i can ask to work for better people especially Ray. there's um there's a book i read years ago and it's all it really stuck out it's called drive uh and it's the subtitles like what motivates us or something like that uh but it was this guy named daniel pink and he, he kind of looked into like what kept people in their jobs motivated and excited and hungry and it was who knows with this stuff i don't know you know you can you can tell a narrative and come up with three things and but it really stuck out he said that the three things that really keep people motivated are autonomy mastery and purpose and that i mean i read that book seven or eight years ago but those three things really stuck out because it makes a ton of sense to me to have to have the autonomy to do what you want to do do it the right way to to continue to learn to be able to master what you're working on have some sense of purpose about what you're doing Mm -hmm. And, and that seems like the culture that you've created here and that you're you know you and your partners lead and, and are lead by example and um, and have instilled here, which is why people are happy here. And I'm going to guess that, you know, um, I guess this comes from Danny Meyer, but, you know, he talked about keeping your staff happy first. They come first. And if 
you keep them happy, then the yeah, customers are happy. And if the customers are happy, then ultimately the business thrives and the investors are happy. But staff first kind of mentality. Is that, is that yeah, sort yeah. of encapsulating a lot of your philosophies, right? Yeah, I would have to agree with that. Yeah, I mean, my, my big thing is, you know, Alex is probably tired of me saying this here, but I'm a big believer in the team. You know, it's, um, you don't work for me. We work together. Yeah. You know, we work, we work with each other. Um, and the only way to, to do that successfully is, in my opinion, is that you have to empower people. You know, people have to people to to use their own creativity and, and, and flex their creative muscle um, or be a, a voice and be, that'll be listened to. You know, I mean, we we have staff here that we've elevated from being server to now running the floor that's because we, we we listen to staff we listen to we listen to concerns we take on board uh, concerns that, that, that staff may have and there's never a it's this is this is the way we do it and that's it you know sometimes there's there's a little bit of that but bringing it back to empowerment you know yeah you, you give people a voice and an ear and it can make a big change yeah to the business you know absolutely absolutely good deal y'all um Alexa, anything else on your mind? No, I think we went through everything. Okay, cool. Thank you. Uh, y'all, I appreciate this. Thank we, you so we, much. Yeah, we appreciate the thanks chance for to, to... Thanks for ScheduleFly as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. We love ScheduleFly. That's thank cool. You. Well, thank you for bringing it everywhere. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't realize you... That's, <laughs> that's my, fifth, my fifth restaurant bringing you guys in. I mean, I think you brought it here. Savannah. I didn't know. Yeah, Golly. That's, that's, well, yeah. thank you very much. We appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're fired up to get to serve places like y'all. I mean, this is why we built the business. We built it to serve independent restaurants and small organizations we don't serve chains and we just love sharing in your story and being a tiny part of it and yeah i'm thrilled to have the opportunity to be here today and and, uh appreciate it very much thank you for the time appreciate it nice to finally meet you uh good to finally meet you too thanks a lot yeah right nice to meet you all right that's a wrap thanks y'all thanks